All right. Welcome back to the life of a poop show. (laughs) (laughs) And 20 million flipping messages in two months. So crazy. Here's another one. Um, It's like doesn't stop. It's never ending. If I thought, like, I killed Jezebel, why don't my messages stop? And, like, and wind up freaking... Like, what What do you wind up? A wind-up toy that just keeps going? <laughs> like, it's, like, it's kind of annoying. Like, I'm like, can I shut up now? I'm at 30 hours. 30 hours. You know what I was even thinking today? Living in freedom, all my curriculums were, are, t- like, 21 teachings. Something like that. And it took me eight months to film them, five years to put them together. And in two months since this started, I'm at third, probably 30 hours that have been. It's more than my curriculums. I know. Isn't that crazy? And I also was realizing that my speaking, I don't speak anywhere like this in any of my curriculums. You'll never see me just go through Bible story to this level of like how God's doing this. This is like a whole nother level of a release of whatever this is. Like the impartation that came from how many years this has been built up in me, I guess, to why I'm like nailing it to this level. It's just, it's like, it doesn't stop. I'm like, Keep hopeful. If it stops, maybe it means breakthrough, but it won't stop. They keep coming. Uh, And this is going to be another long message, I bet. Like, this has so much scripture. This is crazy. So this is going to be about me in the last podcast, everyone following my memoirs of my life. Ezekiel 14, I brought up. And I brought up giving, being given something through the idolatry of your heart and the idolatry and the prophetic. I honestly have never wanted to nail this to this level. I haven't wanted to. Everything else I have, not to this level, I think I'm going to have to do it. And probably because I get nervous of like things I may say or may call out. And I know people are like, when do you get nervous? You say the craziest stuff ever. (laughs) And I call it a lot of stuff. But this is like, could be hardcore with the prophetic right now. And, And I'm not fully knowing where the Holy Spirit's going to go on it, but I'm, I'm, I've got, got some stuff that I feel like is interesting that he's proving, and it's a lot of scripture. But one thing I want to bring up with Ezekiel, which I find this very interesting for me, that keeps saying, a prophetic person needs to walk out their word. How many times I keep saying, if you don't see suffering on somebody who carries a prophetic gift, you don't see suffering within strong words if they're corporate corporate okay now a person who has like that a gift that's going to be more relational like you're these aren't corporate prophetic people that are releasing things over the church of god's word that's not going to carry the suffering of corporate prophecy okay and we this is in scripture and we have to stop being and i can't stop on this we have to stop being done away with the idea that the new covenant is a full different prophetic message that it's all in it's all just um what's that word not encouragement they wouldn't say it's just encouragement they 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 would say that there's rebuke and there's conviction in it and um, there's judgment at times. I'm sure you're going to hear you know them say that, but they really stick way more to the edifying. edifying the church. And if we put the whole world of the idea of edification in its fullness, then the edification, when it comes from the heart of God, edification is going to carry every attribute of God that we see in Scripture, not just after Jesus died. We have to look at all of it. 
All of it has to come together to understand because we don't have enough examples of prophets in the New Testament to go off of details of details of their life unless you're going to be using just people like John Baptist, John the Baptist, or Paul's prophetic ministry or the disciples, like to the level of stories that you find of the prophets that were called to go uh, to address Israel. Um, and we need to be able to use their lives. We can't act that, that, that this type of prof prophetic ministry is not around today. It, it still it still is. And I don't understand sometimes where it, it, the idea of how prophecy has is like become like so sugary and like it just lacks so much. And, and I think because I got so hit with what I've had to see in my life to do what I do. And it feels like I'm fighting against the grain of the church to teach it. Like it feels like I'm literally having to like smack this around so strongly because it's so against what what is in the church of theology like to the level of how i'm nailing it because in reformed theology or you're going to get more teachings on sufferings a hundred percent of carrying the cross a hundred percent but they lack the power aspect and so even though they may focus more than the other side is going to want to talk about suffering they more want to talk about you know the promises and what you get from god and um you know, to bring it all together to just carry the conviction is like at 30 hours, at 30, 30 flipping hours. Like it just doesn't stop in the spirit of what God wants to do. And a thing God showed me today with Ezekiel. So I keep saying like what I'm physically enduring to carry this word. And I just know why I couldn't be public because I'd threatened so many prophetic people who want to be public right now and are wanting to carry revival and they're wanting to carry their book deals and they're wanting to put everything out on all their commitments, all their stages, everywhere they're going, their big social medias. And I would threaten them. I would threaten them with what I carry. And I already, and I know that that's why God won't allow it. God is like, uh-uh, it ain't going to happen because of how many would oppose this. And this has to be done very, very much strategically in my spirit and look a lot different. And so it's literally doing things that I'm finding these prophets. And that's what I'm trying to prove to people. I'm like, if you understand carrying a purified word, if you're like in a fire, you're hidden. Like, this is the way to do it. This is this is how it's supposed to be done. Because God showed me today in Ezekiel 24, Ezekiel's wife. So Ezekiel was called to, he was um, a prophet during the 70 years of captivity to Babylon. So he was prophesying um, to them during it because I believe the whole t way of when Babylon came in and captured the uh, southern kingdom, I think it took four invasions. Like it, it may have been up to 20 years. So meaning through all of that, you still had people still in Israel under a king and then some in exile to Babylon. So it, so he's sending messages like back back and forth is, is what my understanding to how he is prophesying during that time because captivity was continuing to get worse and worse and worse until the whole, all of the kingdom gets taken by, by Babylon. And um, God showed me in, in Ezekiel 24, this is mind blowing people, go, go look at this. I'm not gonna read this part, but that Ezekiel's wife, is called the treasure of his eye. Like this is how in love he was with his wife. And God gives him a word that your your wife, your treasure of your eye is going to die today. And you are not to mourn. You are not to sorrow. You are not to do any of the rituals that, that you are done in death. 
you are to, I don't know if he tells them to have joy. He tells them to like respond so differently. And the crazy thing, Ezekiel didn't even argue God or say a word back. His wife died that night and he instantly did obedience to what God said for him to do. And if you read through the scripture, the reason his wife died being the treasure of his eye was because he was carrying a message to what the Jews were going to lose by losing the temple and their whole, um, the whole kingdom being the treasure of their eye. But I honestly, now this would be part, this would be Sarah's also interpretation of that. I also think this was God's heart because God lost the treasure of his eye. Oh, 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 I feel that. Like he lost the treasure of his eye because Israel kept turning on him. They kept turning against him with their idolatry. And that was the treasure of his eye. Like that's the church to him. That's the treasure of his heart. That's like, it's a bride. And so like he has, Ezekiel had to walk out the word. People, if you understand what's in scripture that we're missing, how have I never heard this taught? This is a mind blowing thing of his, of his story. It literally proves everything that I was saying in all the podcasts. And that's what ends up happening. I end up putting a thing out and talking and then all of a sudden I get crazy scripture and he shows it to me exactly in, in it's like this weird trail he's doing in the spirit. And it appears to me that what is happening is, is paving this way where we need to see things so differently and there's a plowing that's happening and the, the pain and suffering, it also like gave me comfort because sometimes you feel like, dude, how much do I have to go through to release like, and all these bubblegum people in fame and I'm sitting here and then I'm the one that would be told I talk about suffering too much, yet I'm the most biblical. I am, people. Listen to all my teachings. I can prove everything in scripture. I am the most biblical. It's like crazy. I am to like what I'm proving in theology. Like I'm, I'm not mean to honk my horn, but I'm honking it right now because it really is true. Like the, the way that this is like looks right now that I would be someone that doesn't have favor because I've been sick an entire year and saying that this is God healing my body. I have physically felt the worst, craziest crap in the spirit through this transition. And that's God always saying you're carrying this word and you must see it. And, and to like sit there and go, at times you're going, am I crazy? Am I the crazy one? Am I the weird one? Why is every other big ministry people not picking these things? Am I, you, you know what I'm saying? And then I go and I look in the mirror of the word of his God, of the word of God, and his face reflects back at me that I am the one hearing him. <sighs> so, and, he, and you know, he does, I, I, I think at times he, he won't presses me to give a message without fully knowing when it comes out of my mouth that it's 100% all over the Bible. And then he later takes me to, to parts of it to, to play it, pull it through and explain it. And I just like, I just found that crazy. So people who are in sufferings and are under prophetic ministry who are giving corporate words, like a big corporate groundbreaking changing the grain of the church there are people out there giving purity purified prophetic words just not to the level i'm going and the reason they i know they can't is first of all because they're too well known and they have too um it would like take them from 
where it would like dismantle things. And it's not because I'm like against, I'm totally not, I'm absolutely not. I believe that it's been the culture of the church. So this has been the natural way is, is, is being that public. So I think it's just so normal that because God has to do such a reflip and restructuring to bring truth back, that's why he has to change that. It's not that I'm saying just because you're well known, you're like, ooh, it's a false pro. No, no, not at all. Please, please hear me correctly with that. That's not my message. That's not my message. I'm just saying to the level that the prophetic has to be in to to get this shift in place, it has to be more hidden. It has to because it won't carry the purity the, uh, to the voice of God. It will carry too much opposition to the person. Like it will because the whole Jezebel structure in the church would 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 collapse that leader if they're if they have a big platform it would take them it would it would god's just protecting those people and how he'll transition and we also have to understand that there's different levels of giftings and what people walk in and i've said this before there's like you have apostolic you have things that are going to have so much more suffering on them because they're plowing and leading away and then you have um you have other people that are going to come under with that same message they won't endure to the level of an apostolic person pushing through the the grain and to me this, you, you're gonna see like something that I don't know if I would consider someone like Ezekiel like apostolic. Like that to me is just purely prophetic. But I think if someone like Paul, that's more apostolic. Like um, more of those leaders like in the New Testament is, is how I see that. But I see those giftings have to go alongside the prophetic scene in the Old Testament to be a purified apostolic in the New Testament, if that makes sense. And that's just my personal, my personal opinion, but I, I believe we can see this if we understand the fullness of God's heart, then we, you capture what this is because the competition that's in ministry of why people want these platforms to this level and that they would get weird about a word I make, it like, it's just because of, because that, it's been so twisted and ingrained in these younger people coming under the older ones that have gotten huge platforms and are have gotten book deals and well known for it and stuff like that. They're coming so hard, bad, like little hamsters wanting to get it and be that and do this stuff and and not understanding like the idolatry that's come in through all of it. And that's just what is gonna is gonna get purified in this next season. So, let me go to Ezekiel. 13 and 14. I believe I'm going to be in 13 and 14 and 1 Kings 22. Um, okay, so Ezekiel is addressing false prophets, but in the in 14, it's actually elders, so it's just leaders, but he's he's calling them as false prophets and having, having idols in their heart. So there's going to be a lot of scripture. I'm going to jump through and do what I normally do, which is use a text and then probably teach on it. So Ezekiel 13, son of man, this is what God said to him. Prophesy against the false prophets of Israel who are inventing their own prophecies. Say to them, listen to, to the word of the Lord. This is the sovereign Lord says, what sorrow awaits the false prophets who are following their imaginations and have, have seen nothing at all. In this one, 13, he's really going after like 
it's like they're it's like stuff out of their heart it's an imagination like it's literally just things that they're making up and saying and they're putting it in god's name so he's so you have different like types of false prophets that get called out like you had the ones that were not doing it in the name of god they were doing it in the name of baal okay and it was very obvious that they were a false prophet to what israel and and the law in israel and yahweh and all that then you had these people who were in Israel and I'm assuming were Jewish because they were in Jerusalem doing this and so um and they were they were prophesying to the in saying God is saying this so God's speaking peace over you right now God's speaking that that um things are going to be good you're going to be saved you're going to be this this is literally what that Ezekiel's having to that God's addressing through Ezekiel is that they're giving prophetic words of peace when Ezekiel and the word of God is calamity Got it? God's word on, on, on Israel had been coming and coming and coming against idolatry. And now it gets released to happen because they, they continue to go too far. And so then they, they get taken captive by the, by the enemy. And he's still dealing with the fact that they just won't like speak out his truth. He still has these people who are trying to say everything's going to be okay. And, and, Another thing that, well, no, I'm going to talk about that when I, when I get into Kings about, about that. I may not go through all of these in this one, because I think that's the main thing I want to bring up because they're, they're saying it's in his name. So this isn't like an, this is why it's like a different, like if we have to look at the different ways a false prophet, like you're, you're having like just people in, um, the culture today who are blatantly in new age blatantly in witchcraft blatantly in a cult and that's a blatant like pro false prophet of Baal. like that's just is what it is when you have somebody saying it's in god's name saying things that aren't into the fullness like things are good things are this things are that and especially when they speak into the soul because here's the here's the thing behind a spirit that can get on people like this the false prophet spirit that's in first john 4 it gives these people an ability and insight into the other person because demons what do you think a psychic carries people like how psychics know stuff they know it you can go into any new age thing and they can read your dang mail it's it really is they have it in, in new age um homeopathic ways they do it in muscle they'll read your mail i've had it done to me many times okay like i really have i have experience with with the, having homeopathic things in muscle testing and the guy read my mail to a level you can't even understand he figured out the death of my mom the age it happened like crazy crazy so we have to just get this is that a gift because it's not okay so people get that that's not a gift and so we think that that's oh because they have the ability to do this this is a gift no the the enemy can come behind this and it, he doesn't address this being a demon and he's not addressing like like this the spirit realm. i gotta pull more stuff out of like some things in the new testament when i'm gonna pull in that that's like a demon i'm a, i'm mainly addressing what i know to be sin and a natural response of human nature that accesses you to the things that are not God's heart. And this would be proven that he's calling them for what they are. And in this is a similar text if you look at Jeremiah 23 of what Jeremiah addresses. He addresses them having dreams and saying that this is from God. Okay, so you see that they're, they're, they're and the fact is that they're literally <coughs> giving them words um, that would make them think like they're all good. 
Like, even though you're in idolatry, even though you've turned away from Yahweh to following everything about his law and what he's expecting, um, that you that you're still going to be okay. You're still going to be okay. And so I have to look at that when I see the level of the prophetic not going into harsh conviction. That's that's what I'm going to say. And I and I'm calling it out being corporate. So this would need uh, there there's lesser type of prophecies that people who just individually prophesy to someone than over 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 the church to the level that it needs to carry the full conviction of God's heart and we can't have just if, if you're on stage in front doing this to the church, you're edifying the saints in what you're doing. You're using the gifts for the saints, right? And, 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 and that idea would be in the New Testament because that's what they would, like these gifts are, are for the saints. And so you have here that you have in the Old Testament, the prophetic gift was to be used to bring Israel back to God. But he it, it's the same idea because that is... The, the, that would be the saints in that time. That, the, that would have been the children before the new covenant. It would have been the same idea. And they're having to cleanse out untruth in things being said is God in prof- prophecy. And, um, and, and, and the way that it's being, and the way that it's being like displayed. And like, I have a, a story. I don't think I've shared this publicly about a, the, one of this dude. I share a story about him. He's the guy I had to call out really crazy um, and then ended up disappearing. And he was prophesying to young guys. Um, if people heard that in my Jezebel teaching, this this is but this is a story. I think I only wrote it in my Knowing Him book. I witnessed this guy, how he prophesied. And he had an accuracy um, and I knew he was off. Like I knew 100% what he's operating in by what he did to me. And he's the one that tried to get me out of the venue, get me out, uh, didn't want me around for no reason when I wasn't even doing anything. And... Um, I saw him prophesy to somebody that she was going to be well-known and on stage in a big-time worship leader. And I personally knew the person that he prophesied to, and I knew her strongholds. I had done a lot of ministry on her, and I knew that wasn't the call in her life. And the reason I knew it is because it was a stronghold and an idol to her. So that's an idol in her heart. And what he did was give her the idol of her heart. Okay, you get that? So now I'm going to, This that was good. That's going to get me right into Ezekiel 14. So here you have where he's talking about idol of art. So he prophesied, that guy prophesied that to, to this girl. And I know a lot of people got, got prophesied by him. And I watched it. And um, he did it in such a crazy way because he could read he could read mail. You want to know something crazy? He was corporately prophesying the purifying and thing I was. Did you heard him, I think, do that. Yeah, he was corporately prophesying even the vision that like a few of us were like caring of the shift of ministry and what is going to look like when revival hits and the sifting that's going to come and the restructuring he was prophesying this people that would be considered a corporate prophecy over the church and it was accurate that's really because he he was able to pick it up he was able to pick it up and so like get this understand the level this stuff can get infiltrated to get the person what they want because his end point was he was tying to younger guys and he had a struggle with homosexuality like he went he went down people and he went to a place where i know he was tying to many many ministries to get a power through his prophetic and then he would tie to these guys to mentor him and um and he targeted so many ministries and he was doing it through this spirit and uh, that was uh, like the spirit behind it and it's literally the same thing that 
I believe we can see in Ezekiel, like God's God's calling out. So let's go to now Ezekiel 14. Let's look at three. Son of man, these leaders have set up idols in their hearts. So these were idols and, or sorry, leaders in Israel. They were called uh, elders. So they were in just some type of uh, leadership. They have embraced things that will make them fall into sin. Why should I listen to their request? So they had come to Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a known prophet. Um, you know, they call him the famous prophet. Man, if that's the famous prophet back then, that ain't nothing like the famous prophets now. Yeah, you're losing your wife to carry a word just for that. Yeah, let's let's look at this in real real eyes, people. Um, and so they were they were coming to. This is my understanding from what I get from I read. I read a lot on this today, but I was so sick I couldn't do like a ton. But I did do a couple hours um, of different understandings behind the things that I'm, I'm getting into. But from my understanding, what it appeared to be was that um, they were coming and meeting with Ezekiel and requesting something about God, like asking him to get a message from God. And see, he said, tell them this is what the sovereign Lord says. The people of Israel have set up idols in their hearts and fallen into sin. And they go to prophet asking for a message. So I, the Lord, will give them the kind of answer their great idolatry deserves. I will do this to capture the minds and hearts of my people who have turned from me to worship their detestable idols. So you literally have that that the leader that these leaders are carrying something that would be an idolatry of the heart. And he's saying, I'm going to respond to it. I'm going to respond to it. And if you look at this, like, here's, here's, here's what I would, I would look at this. The idolatry of the heart would have been in the man who was prophesying to the girl. She just got a word from her idolatry in her heart. But God is coming in and saying, like, I'm going to come at you through the idolatry of your heart and give you the recompense on it. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen because of it. Um... So number seven, I, the Lord, will answer all of those, both Israelites and foreigners who reject me and set up idols in their heart and so fall into sin and who they come and prof- a pro- to, pro- to a prophet asking for my advice. Number nine, and if a prophet is deceived into giving a message, it is because the Lord has de- have deceived that prophet. Okay, now I'm going to kind of flip on where I'm going with this because I'm not using this with, with this that guy I'm, I'm referring to. I want to talk about this a little different differently in, in this. You're seeing in this God actually talking about that if a prophet is deceived into giving an, in a message, it is because the Lord let the prophet be an heir by what's in the heart, Okay. So he, 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 he's like, when I read into like the interpretation, they literally say like that he, he would blind them and they would be an heir. So he was actually behind letting it go further, letting it go further and get, and letting them get deceived because of what's in there. And because he, he's, he'll harden, harden back. You test him. You want to say something is from him. You want to, you have to understand the jealousy on God towards his children. And when we have people doing things like this, this is where the shift is going to come in and things are going to be put in the idolatry of their heart. He's going to, he's going to harden things. He's going to, you're going to see blank. Like you're going to see where either it's going to come out through maybe a false prophecy like a shaming, like it's going to come out through a way where he's going to, he's going to harden it through the deception 
um, that 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 uh, that they're under through their heart. Okay, and so and 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 he's there. This is what's going to be so mind. I think this is what God was kind of showing me today is how we have to see through, like to the power of how God's going to do this, and we have to see it as the loving kindness of his heart getting his children. This is not mockery of his church. The church has mocked him by the display of how they've turned stuff in it, in the church, okay? So it's not that he's sitting here, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, destroy that because of blah, blah, blah. No, it's all about saving. It's all about bringing back to himself, bringing back to his heart. So we have to really understand the heart of God within judgment and how, um, important that we know this side of God. We have to know it. We have to see him as a father. Because I'm going to tell you something. Like the way and the protectiveness that my dad is towards me. Now, some people, you don't got a real protective dad. I have a good dad. He's very protective, very kind. And and I just know that if there were things that I was doing that was getting me into like weird places or I don't know, like and this is probably what my dad gets worried about or something he does. <laughs> I know what he would do. He always wants to know what ministry I'm connected with. He wants to find out what pastor they are. He wants to know their doctrine. He and he wants to and because he's in his head, he's protecting me through his theology the best he knows how, right? And he's gonna come at it. He might he he gets aggressive with me. He might debate and do like you have to understand the heart of a father. Like the heart of a father in the safety of his child and keeping you um in in line with his heart, in line with understanding truth, in line with those things that he might have to come in in a way that's going to really blow people up. And, and it's going to be crazy to watch. So number 10, false prophets. Okay. So he says, it's because I, the Lord, have deceived the prophet. If a prophet is deceived into giving a message, like if a prophet responds to these other people with these, um, you know, idols in their heart, it, 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 he was part of it because of what he's doing and what he's exposing when it comes to idols in the heart. Then it goes down to 10 false prophets and those who seek their guidance will all be punished for their sins. In this way, the people of Israel will learn not to stray from me, polluting themselves as sins. They will be my people and I will be your God and I will be your sovereign Lord. I have spoken. Oh, this is going to be mind blowing. <laughs> all right. I feel, I'm gonna, even though I prayed before, I need to pray again. I just feel, <laughs> this is me, me on my own, own little roller coaster because I feel like I, I don't know what I'm about to go into and so I, I need to pray again. <laughs> Jesus, God, thank you right now for this message, Father. <sighs> thank you for taking a hold of the minds and the hearts through this, God. Thank you for opening the eyes of people who have been misled by certain prophetic words spoken to them or who run to the prophetic over you. Let their hearts in the name of Jesus be captured through this word to come face to face with you. Would it remove all condemnation? Would it remove all guilt and fear and shame? Fear what they hear in their prayer life fear of gifts they may have, fear of what they've gotten through other prophets. But that right now in the name of Jesus Christ, get open and hear it. Okay. Okay, this is going to be mind-blowing, and I have to say it. <laughs> Ezekiel 14, 19. And suppose I were to pour out my fury by sending an epidemic into the land. 
and the disease kills people and animals alike. I gotta get clarity on this because when I got to this part I was like wait what God now how I don't have words because I think God needed this to just be his word this was a way that he dealt with exposing the idolatry in the nation now getting so hit God uses the devil. So let me explain something to you. In no way, shape, or form do not take my words and say that I am saying that God created the coronavirus. But I don't know how to rebuttal this. That's all I'm going to say. Because in this situation, this was his judgment. Okay. Um, yes, it's in the Old Testament. It's not in the New Covenant. But, honestly, it messes with me. <laughs> I'm kind of stuck right now because he's, like, not letting me go where I want to go. Because he's letting this sit on people for a second. And it's kind of jacking me up because I just never. I know this was a territorial shift. He showed me that. And I knew it was to bring his outcome out. And I think that's all God needs me to say about it. I know it was demonic. 100% demonic. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it, I know it, I know it. So I am not saying, because I just know that fact of it, I'm not saying, I'm using that text to say that God created it. I'm just going to say he uses this stuff, okay? And he uses it to purify. And there was a reason the whole world got taken over by something that shut down all churches and then shifted the government. It shifted the government into evil. Do we understand this, guys, if you really look at this? Because then you had... Also in the prophetic was picking up the government was going into more protection like Cyrus. Like I even picked that up. That's what's so mind blowing. But I didn't go public. I didn't go public. That's the difference. Like I did not write a book about it. Oh God, you want me saying this? This is why I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it to this level. I didn't want to address this. When I wake up, when I was getting, I was like, dang it, God. You're going to make me go off on something government, which I'm like, oh, I don't want to be this person that does it. I don't want to be the person that does it. I don't. I, I'm like this girl in her apartment. Like, I just don't. Why am I the one? Jesus. <laughs> I'm so glad this is not on stage that I could never. This would be horrible because I'm, this is calling it kind of hardcore because um, you're going to have people called it false false prophets that they're they were false prophets and that's 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 bs i'm just gonna say that uh, me and my dad got a debate about it i was like dad that did not expose and, and he's like but it's scripture all prophecy was completely accurate and this this and this and i don't get in those debates i feel like there's so much wisdom in scripture but i see god actually harden and do things and use things and give things through idolatry and speak through it so if I am sitting in a place of like the purity I'm in and I was picking it up, that I think God needed me to pick it up and think that was it was going to happen because I think he needed to see like a high level of wisdom 
of how God releases something to expose idolatry in the heart and, and he's restructuring the church. I hope that makes sense. People don't think I'm calling God a liar because that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, nope, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that we can't just come up that, well, first of all, it, it exposed how leadership didn't do things right. They didn't do right in the White House because they didn't deal with his heart. I keep going off on this. They did not deal with his heart. And when he, you're referring him to be Cyrus, do you know Cyrus was called a righteous king? So if, if that prophecy, and if you just wanted to take a piece of the idea of Cyrus, then I get that. I understand that part of it, 100%. But we have to understand that Cyrus was called a righteous king. So that would be why Daniel wasn't giving him some crazy words like he gave Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. And I saw more attributes of, of Trump being Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. I'm sorry. There was so much pride on the dude. And when there is pride on a leader, like it crumbles them. And it wasn't all about the policies. God chases, it's chasing the heart of the church. He's chasing the heart of the church. And so I just, I honestly think it was exposing what were we going to do with what we thought was going to play out? What were we as leaders in ministry going to do with it? Like, were we going to, you know, go out and start saying this is what, you know, and, and, or, or do you sit and hold it tight to your heart and not need any platform from it? And I think that's kind of the part that is, is, is where we're going to, where this is being a harsh punch restructure where God's like, I mean, yeah, yeah, this is like, he's like making me like, I don't have the same anointing on me normally do. You can tell. He's delaying me on this because he knows I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> he knows I don't want to do this. I didn't. I didn't want to address the stuff. I already, I know I addressed a lot of stuff with Trump, but I didn't go into the detail of the fault profit thing I felt about this. I've always thought it had to do with Ezekiel 14, and I felt that back in January. And I called like one person and I really wanted to know his opinion. I was like, what if this was it? Like, what if this was something that was actually released? Cause me and you both heard it too. And neither of us went public on it. And so, and, and, and it, it protected us because it would have shamed, she shamed you if you did it. Yeah, you know? And when I said this to him, um, he was kind of blunt. He was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause he knows this scripture. He teaches on it all the time. And so I wanted to know just like, do, do you, could you see this as being biblical? Like before I ever say, because if God makes me say it, I need to know that like, this is fully like, I don't want to be saying something like, and I, God would never let me cause he takes over my teachings, but he knows I didn't want to. I've held this tight and I did not think he would ever let me talk on it. So when I'm getting that now I'm nailing, I was like, dang it. Darn it. <laughs> Whatever. I have to get over right now that I have to release this. Um, 21. Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says. How terrible it will be when all four of those dreadful punishments fall upon Jerusalem. War, famine, and animals, and disease. Destroying all the people and animals. Yet there were there will be survivors, and yet and they will come here to join you as exiles in in Babylon. You are going to see with your own eyes how wicked they are. So he's just saying there's going to be more captives that get taken into exile, and you're going to see how bad it got in Jerusalem. Like that's that's what he's saying. And you know when we when we look at at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and we look at what he did. Sometimes I look at like the character of God through the whole word of God. And I almost think like is his ravishing jealousy had to have increased because he gave up his son. God. 
I feel that. And I think what we got, we misinterpreted was just taking the grace of his sacrifice. When I think his jealousy of his bride now going to the entire world through his son's blood, I just, I have a reverential fear of the devil getting in that and getting into the bride, the way it's infiltrated and what God's hand does at the point when he hits this point that that he's hitting and that you see him hit for Israel. Because when we, I always, I'm going to always say this, when we do away with this side of God's character based on Jesus Christ coming, Jesus Christ delayed this side of God's character, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, God. <sighs> it gave grace through the sacrifice that we would understand the fullness of his word and who he is. It removed the law because the law was stapled on our heart through the circumcision of our heart, having a righteousness, understanding of what you get through your identity of Jesus, that you stand before God in intimacy as a child and heir to Jesus. And you stand in that position, but you see it in truth. You see it in truth. You don't see it in all the power you get. You don't see it in all the things that you're going to get from Jesus now that you have his life imparted into you. You get that you understand him at a complete fullness. At a complete fullness. And we don't misplace characteristics of who God is. Because let me, let me, people, you can't comprehend. We can't comprehend who he is. We can't comprehend his attributes. We cannot comprehend his love. The human mind cannot do it. So to think that we could have taken just the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, removed the anger, the jealousy, the judgment is mind blowing. Because if you think that Jesus has to return to fully bring us home to God, right? Then we have another return of Jesus that's been prophesied through John and Revelations. We need the prophetic accurately translating these those prophecies, Revelations, understanding it, walking in it. And I said, you know, we're we're not in we're not in end times, but you have to understand a lot of Revelations because it was still addressing things back then. You can still take so much of that of that word and be able to be able to stand and prophesy it over the like it's already in scripture like we have it so and i think that's what god's like showing me he's like literally showing me like this isn't me giving new prophecy like to the church it's already been written like you have the you have the the idea of literally like cessation that's what that's that's their argument right it's already been written so the prophetic the prophetic office isn't to be i believe the prophetic office is a teaching office I really do. I think it's a thing that it is teaching the word of God, like at a high, high, high level of revelation, if it's corporate. And then if the spirit of God comes on to speak through you, it's going to come through like the word too. Does that make sense? Like it's all going to be wrapped up in the truth in the heart of God. It's not like new, like you had new prophecy back then because the word of God had not been written. So it's like if we have like the fullness and the completion of it in the heart, that the idols are all removed, then it's going to come out in, in the fullness of it. Um. <laughs> Is that your applauding? Yeah. 
because I feel so dang delayed. It's so funny how like it was like not letting me. Oh, and here's another point. I got another funny thing about Ezekiel. If people hear, heard me in one podcast, I try to say a city and I can't say the word. Okay. This is really funny. You literally hear my mouth get shut, shut down. And I've said that before that he, God silences me. And if people actually saw this when it happens in, in person. I have a video of it happening before I got up to teach. Um, authority, you were not there, but I have the video of it. I have to show it to you. It's so funny. Um, there's actually a video on my Instagram of everyone cracking up. And I'm laughing, and it's a short video, but I don't show why they're doing it. It's because this happened to me. And uh, and it's and it, it's literally before I'm getting released on like a crazy teaching, and it happens to me. And I start shaking, and I start slurring my words, and I couldn't speak. And, and it, here's, let me explain this, people. <laughs> All that is, is God going, I'm in control. I'm in control. And I can silence your mouth. Like, that's crazy. Guess what? It's in scripture. Ezekiel's mouth got silenced. <laughs> I saw that today. I was like, that's awesome. I was like, he had his tongue get stuck to the top of his mouth or something. He silenced him. And he said, you are not allowed to talk unless you say exactly what this is. I'm like, that's where the prophetic is supposed to be. <laughs> that she can totally shut up. And here's why when it's crazy that it does it to me, and people have to understand the redemption of why God does things to me like this. So the devil did that to me really bad through abuse. I was so abused severely by that guy that I wasn't able to talk. Like, um, I couldn't get words out of my mouth and demons would like shut me up. And it happened even up to a couple, a few years ago because I was being triggered and traumatized with stuff with guys. And so my mouth was doing, was doing it. And I was seeing that was part of my deliverance to like get me free with men was that I could get my mouth back, but that was done to me. So then when it flipped and I got like the big breakthrough and the breakthrough of getting my mouth and breakthrough stuff that God was taking me to and intimacy and, and friendship and like the power that was being displayed on me had to increase through my confidence. He started doing that to me. And it's really crazy when you see it happen because I'll, I, I literally won't be able to talk. I'll slur my words. You'll hear me go, um, like it's so weird. And it's like he clowns. It's like God, if we understood God's power and like his power of his creation, like he created me, that he could just take my mouth like that. It's so mind blowing. But we have demons that do that in their manifestation. They shut down. They paralyze people. And we're not having people paralyzed by God. <laughs> and he paralyzes people. He shuts the mouth. He shuts the mouth. And I just wonder if I had idols in my teaching of what I got, if my mouth wouldn't be able to get shut. You know what I'm saying? Like the way it was. And I think it's funny how he did it in that in that podcast because I, I feel like there was a very specific reason because I was it was in the middle. I feel like it was in the middle of me giving a prophetic word to the business deal, right? And I was saying something and I was going to name the city and he didn't let me do it. And I think it's because the guy the guy who was, I was prophesying some to, he would have gone and cut ties he wasn't supposed to. Like it would have made him do more stuff than he was supposed to because I think that he was being so aggressive and responding and cutting ties with Jezebel that he would have gone and cut the ties of all these other people. And so God just totally, because it was weird detail. It was literally just a city. And and I couldn't get it out of my mouth. It's really funny if you go back and listen. I go, N -n 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 -n. I can't say that word. I guess I'm not going to say it. And this is crazy, you guys. Like, just think of this in scripture. 
that's on a prophet. On a prophet, he's getting paralyzed. Maybe we need more mouths to be paralyzed because I'm sure that God would have no problem to do that to me on stage. Oh, I'm sure he would. And I've just gotten to that place with him where I just go, okay, I don't know what to do. I have no, I have no, I have no choice. I can't try to push through it and try to talk because I can't talk. So anyways, okay, side, uh, side commercial there. Okay, now I'm gonna flip further into my point. I believe this is the next thing God showed me with this of what I believe he's doing with the prophetic. Um, 22, Jeremiah 22. Oh, sorry. What am I doing? See, look how delayed I am. I was in the complete wrong book. That's not where I'm going. I'm going to first Kings 22. What was I even doing right now? What's happening to me? Okay. First Kings 22. This is a crazy story too. This is, this is so crazy. Okay. This is about Ahab and Jehoshaphat. So, for those who have caught up on all my millions, millions of my 30 hours of my, my teachings, I talked about the kingdom of Ahab and Jehoshaphat. Each one's a king and then in the northern one's a king and the southern. Jehoshaphat was righteous. Ahab was the most evilest there was. And so there was prophecy on him on how he was going to die, Elijah, um, and like what was going to happen. And you have, because the one the bad thing Jeho Jehoshaphat did was make, make ties with that kingdom by having... Um, his son, Mary Ahab's um, daughter. And so you see he has a relationship with him by this text. And he's, so Jehoshaphat visits. So Jehoshaphat is in the southern kingdom. He's the godly king. He visits Ahab and talks to him about going to war with, I believe it was an Assyrian, a Assyrian army called, it's called Ramoth and Gilead, I guess. Um, and the king of Israel, some, okay, so, he goes, he, he basically asked him like, hey, will you join me in battle to take this, to take this land? And so, but they want to go to prophets to find out if they're supposed to do this and if they're going to capture this, they're going to capture the, this enemy. And so the king of Israel summoned the prophets, that's Ahab. Ahab summoned 400 of them. And sh should I go to war, Ramoth Gilead, or should I hold back? Now, here's what's interesting. Let me explain this. You would assume Ahab summoned the prophets of Baal because he had so many under the kingdom, but that's not what they are here. And I find this interesting, and I believe I, I, I grasp to the point of how everybody that I read this on, they said this wasn't the, the prophets of Baal. They said, and this is why. This is, this is so interesting. Okay, so he goes to them, and he's asking, and this is, I, here's what you have to understand. These prophets had to have given accurate words to have that place. The false prophets of Baal, they had to because if they didn't, they wouldn't be in that position. So you have to understand people, these actually had power, they had accuracy, they would say things. And um, and I believe because they were under the gods of like the nation, they did things that were able to get these gods to move and blah, 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 blah. But when you're dealing with Yahweh being the God of Israel, then there's this judgment, this crazy judgment that comes in when this happens. And, you know, when he may allow another one like Nebuchadnezzar to live in the idolatry, you know, things like that. Like, it's just how he, he deals with it. So you, you have in this scripture that these 400 prophets, um, come and they reply, yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give you the king's victory. But Jehoshaphat is there and he and sees this. And Jehoshaphat asks, is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? 
we should ask him the same question. And here's why he says it. Because those prophets did say they were coming from, um, it was a prophet from God, but they used, in the original language, it was like they used Elohim or Adonai. And those could represent like other gods. And that when they're a prophet from God, they're to say from Jehovah. This is from what, like it's, it was they, the, that word. So when he hears them say, from Elohim, he go, he's he goes he's saying okay this is not from the you're saying just like, you're just saying God and what I what I think they, they there was never a full understanding from what I got of a hundred percent but it was they maybe were calf, calf worshippers those four hundred okay so it wasn't it wasn't something to do with Baal from from what I got from what I got any Hebrew scholars you may correct me. But send me an email. I'd like to know. <laughs> I like to understand this stuff. I think it's so interesting. Okay. So Jehoshaphat wants one from the Lord because he's the righteous king. So he's like, wait, we need to know. This isn't really God. We, we, are we sure we're going to get victory? Let's go get someone of God. This is so funny if you listen to this. Okay. So and Ahab responds to him. There is only, there's one more man who we could cons that could consult the the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. <laughs> and his name, I think you pronounce it Micah, but it's not the Micah from the Bible. He was a disciple under Elijah. I guess Elijah had four disciples. He was one of them, this guy. And so he's in the kingdom as a prophet and Ahab hates him because he always says bad stuff to him. So he, so Jehoshaphat wants, and Jehoshaphat responds, that's not how a king should talk. Let's hear what he says. And I love that too. Like we have so many kings, we have so many leaders that you don't like me because I'm smacking you. And if you're a king and you're in purity, then you won't feel smacked. Oh, you wouldn't feel smacked by my message. It's the wolves that are gonna, that are gonna have a problem with me and are gonna be like an Ahab. I don't wanna talk to her. She always says troubling things to me. <laughs> And this is great. So Micah comes. So they want to know. Um, they want to know. So here's the story. So they're sitting. I'm down at 10. So they're sitting in their royal robes out in front uh, at the gate of Samaria. And Ahab's prophets are out there prophesying. Um, and one of them is Zedekiah. And this is when Zedekiah, this is what the Lord says. So it appears he's saying what God's saying. Okay. But because Jehoshaphat hears this, uh, this other word, this it might not be, this isn't the Lord. This couldn't, this might not be God. So I want to hear what the true Lord, Jehovah, Jehovah says. And, but that's the thing, people, you have to understand. There was some stuff of this stuff that was accurate. So if he, if they, if the, if the ones with true word of God gave troubling messages to Ahab, when he got good messages from the other prophets, he somehow must've got him. It must've happened for him, Right. Like, you have to get this. This is feeding a soul. This is feeding a king's heart. This is feeding idolatry. This is something that is coming and playing through the idolatry of the heart. And it's given to you through your idolatry. You get it? You get it? You get it? You get it? It's so crazy. Um, and... He... Oh, they give it like... This is what the Lord says. With these horns, you will gore the, our, our Arameans to death. All the other prophets agreed. Yes. Yes, they said. Go up. You're going to get the victory. Meanwhile, the messenger went and got Micah. I'm going to call it Micah because I'm assuming that's how you would pronounce it if it's also probably Micah too. Sometimes they, they spell them differently and then it can also be that word. So, um, went to get 
him said to him, look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. <laughs> so then you have pushing in on the, someone who's carrying a true word that's going to be opposed. It's going to get the king mad at you. He gets put in jail for it. They're like, agree, agree with this. We have so many prophetic people. You're not getting any word from God. You're agreeing with the prophet you've been listening to. <laughs> You're not getting it individually from God. You're just assuming that you heard from a prophetic person and you took it. Please, people, take everything from him. Everything I'm saying, take it from him because I'm proving it's from him. Okay? Okay. And then he responds, as surely as the Lord lives, I, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. He combats it. So when he arrives before Ahab, he, Ahab asked him, should we go to war or should we hold back? Micah replied sarcastically, <laughs> yeah, go. You'll be victorious. The Lord will give you the king victory. So he, clown, he clowns him and, and Ahab Respond, replied sharply. Now you have this translate. This is the NLT. Like they're of course translating and adding to you know the whole idea of the story. But I love how that how it like is play how it says it and like plays this out. But uh, but the king gets mad and he says, "How many times must I demand you to speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord?" So it's so weird how he's so open to so many different messages from this God, from this God, never needing it to be 100% from, from the Lord. But then however Micah responded to him the way he must have said it, Ahab knew he was he was being mean to him. He, he is like just probably kind of calling him stupid. Yeah, go do it. Have fun. Because he knows he was going to die. Okay. Um, and then he tells him the vision he saw of what's going to happen. And he goes, in the vision, I saw all the Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Send them home. So he's saying, you're going to get killed. And then, um, didn't I tell you that King Israel? So Ahab goes to, goes to Jehoshaphat. See, I told you he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Like, I just feel like respond to like something I would say. She's always just prophesying suffering or something. Okay. So then Micah continued, listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne with all the armies of heaven around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who can entice, who can entice Ahab to go into battle? This is mind blowing. There were so many, there were many suggestions and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? The Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies that you will succeed, says the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So he's, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, uh, the spirit says, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to say, you will succeed in Lord saying it. So here's, Here's what you have to see. Like when this prophetic is getting to this level, it's it's a, it's a, their spirits. <laughs> their spirits behind it. Mm. Their spirit behind it. But the hierarchy, the hierarchy behind it, who's wanting to get his children back, was God. <laughs> he was one. But since he cannot lie, an angel cannot lie. He just used the devil for it. And when I was reading that, I mean, every place that 
most every place they're saying this is 100% an evil spirit, but some of them were trying to say like, oh, it was, it's the spirit of prophecy, but it was... But no, it, it it's clearly an evil spirit. Like we, we I'm just gonna, that's that's a, there's an evil spirit behind that. Satan was behind that. Satan was used in that, and um, offers to offers to do some work and help kill kill Ahab and does it by God's command and goes and does it, and then and he does so he feels so that's why all the prophets start saying it. And the crazy thing is, Micah had understanding into it. <laughs> Micah had understanding into it, and he still prophesied the death in accuracy and saw what was taking place. And here's what happens. Ahab listens to his prophets, and he locks Micah up. And, and he says, I'll, something like, I'll deal with you. So, 23, so you see the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all the prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. And... <laughs> Zedekiah, the son, Zedekiah was one of the prophets, I believe. Um, wasn't he? I don't know. But he walked up and slapped him across the face. And he says, says when did the spirit of the Lord leave me to, when, since when did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you? He demanded. Um, so that appears, if, the, if I'm getting this right, because I hadn't fully looked at this text because I hadn't highlighted my thing, that would appear... That he's like, how could you judge what I hear? What? How did you get it? But like, you know what I'm saying? How he says that? The Lord lead me and speak to you. You got a higher understanding than I do. He slaps him in the face. <laughs> this is what we're going to have the wolves think that they're going to do. Because they're going to get called out and they're going to get exposed. Uh, and uh, then Mike replied, it, okay, so he gets locked up um, is what happens. It, they, it goes arrest him and the king of Israel ordered so Ahab arrests him and puts him this is crazy an accurate word of truth gets him arrested okay and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from battle Mike replied if you return safely it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me everyone marked my words <laughs> I love the ballsiness of these people. I love the ballsiness of Jehu. I love the ballsiness of prophets, like how obedient, like we just don't see that nowadays, like to the level of willing to go against the grain like this. Um, and, it, and, and it happened that way. So they both go out to battle. And here's the protection on the righteous. Jehoshaphat was there dressed in the robe. Ahab asked to hide his clothes. Like you can look like the king. Ahab, um, Ahab stayed hidden. This is crazy. Ahab tried to stay hidden, believing this prophetic word is going to come, going to come to pass that they're going to take the victory, but still is hiding. Makes Jehoshaphat expose himself as a king. So they originally target Jehoshaphat because they, they, the, the, the army said we're only going to kill one person, and it's going to be the Israel's king, Ahab. This is what they say. No one else is going to die. And so literally Jehoshaphat's getting protected, but they first target Jehoshaphat because he looked like the king. And when Jehoshaphat yells back, they stop and go, oh, that's not him. Wait, that guy is. And they take out Ahab. <laughs> and so Jehoshaphat returned safely. All the army, and, and that's how Ahab died. And it was, it literally fills out like the full prophetic thing of Ahab. And then the come down of the kingdom starts taking place. People, this is so freaking good. Like if we really put put together when when God's moving in purity, when He's going to restructure, when He when judgment's going to be released, when the false like the 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 stuff that's being um, fed to souls 
through the people's idea of this prophetic, but they're actually hearing spirits because it got them a position. It got them power. It got them control. Maybe they're the ones like, okay, I'm about to say something super blunt and I can because he's been exposed. Todd Bentley. Oh, that guy can't prophesy works, works crap. That's not, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a demon. <laughs> demon. And I think it's nuts he's trying to get back in ministry. I think it's freaking nuts. Dude, you have been exposed. Get longer with God. Why do you need to be back in ministry? Tell me that. Why are you trying to get, I went back, I went and looked at social media. In the churches that are inviting him in, what the hell is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What on earth? Are you looking at gifts as a display of the heart? Or are you looking at the character? Because please, 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 people, we have to open our eyes. And I have friends that were following him on social media. And I'm like, wait, what? Do people not know what this dude's been exposed of doing? And I'm sorry, how many years did you take your little break? And and so in those years, was was that what the church is going to say? The grace and repentance and now go right back into to, to, to pastoring and leading people? What? How stupid are we? How do you find that anywhere in scripture? Do you understand what Paul would do to that? If that was a church he started? Do you understand what le- that letter would look like? It would look like castrate yourself, Todd Bentley. Castrate it. Cut your balls off. Get on your knees. Like stop trying to be in a power position because that is the attempt. Because when you're ministering to God in purity and truth, if you can be led into sin and publicly talk about him and think you can hide it from him and then think you're going to go back and do it again. How how dare you? Like dare you? How dare you touch his children like that? How dare you do it through his mouth and representing him? How dare you? And you want to prophesy power. You want to think you're anointed. You want to think you started revival. You are disgusting. You are disgusting to who God is. (sighs) Holy crap. Oh my gosh. That just hurt my chest. (sighs) Oh, you're getting so lit. (laughs) Oh, people can see what's happening here. <laughs> oh, that's when I can't be afraid of what I say when God takes my mouth like that. Ugh. Called him by name. Why? Because he's been exposed. And if anyone who would think you can have a problem with this, try to prove it to me with the word of God. And please do not just use a grace text on me or that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on me. Do not touch that. Do not misrepresent his word through the idea of the display of gifts until you understand what the devil can do and how the devil can prophesy and how the devil can heal, cast out demons in my name and I will say, get away from me, get away from me. You never knew me. You knew yourself. You knew your gifts. You knew what you thought you were good at. Oh, that a shame would come on him in the name of Jesus. More exposure right now. I corrupt, corrupt his kingdom. Oh, I'm drenched in sweat. I didn't, wasn't able to work out today, but now I did. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, don't know where to go with that one right now. Blown away on when ju- judgment comes through that type of anger. And that he let somebody who's probably 20, I don't know, 15, I don't know, years younger than you. You got all this more experience in in ministry. It seems I have more experience ministering to the heart of God than you do, buddy. 
And anyone who gets exposed of these types of sin, when you displayed him publicly and you were doing gifts, it's just so crazy that you think you can hide from him like this. That's so mind-blowing how stupid these people are. You should be so afraid of the one you think you're getting your gifts from and saying it's him. And you did it to defeat yourself. You should be so afraid. You should be so, like, oh, God. The protection and intimidation that these people walk in to keep these platforms in power of what they like. That it's going to come crashing, crashing, crashing down. You will no longer be able to use it. And the judgment of God is going to hit your life so dang hard. You will learn what it is to be a prophet that loses his wife to understand the heart of God. All right? You got that? You want to understand what the true, the true understanding of God is? Not how public and good you are at your words. Not how you let people fall out. Not how it looks like someone got healed by you. That's not it. I want to know. I just want to know what, 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 what's been crushed in you to understand and have a reverential fear of the one you teach. The one you're teaching about. A reverential fear of him. And God's going to send a five foot two little girl in to cut your balls off for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And my husband's going to be my bodyguard. <laughs> Stand in front of me. <laughs> and just jump out of the way. And let me run out with a knife and then cover me. And take off running. <laughs> We're out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get you to mutilate yourself and castrate you. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Three. What time is it? Is this what it is? Is it? That was crazy. I don't even know. I don't got nothing else on this. I that was it. That was all the scripture I want to use. It's pro, it's proven the point more of what we have going on in the prophetic. Let's um to understand in truth what what the shaking is to get everything out of our hearts and what we have to walk in walk in <clears throat> and to know it's getting his people back on his knees. Like God's just kept me on my knees always, always, always by what I endure. I've been always kept on my knees. The, the leadership that has not been kept on your knees, you're going to get forced on your knees. That's what's going to happen. You're going to get forced on them and you're going to get forced into, um, you're, you're going to never have known that you needed God this bad in your entire life. That's what's going to happen. You're going to never have known it because you're going to never have known to the level of who the one you were trying to portray and also feed your sin. You didn't know him if you did that. You didn't know him if you thought you could hide from him. You did not know who you were teaching about. If you were feeding lustful things with women, with getting things, taking things from females, which is what he did. Tying himself the way he did. You didn't know him, dude. Who are you preaching about that you thought you could do that? I feel like I'm talking straight to you. I want to freaking punch you in the face. So grossed out by that guy. I don't have, I won't stop on it. I will never stop. And the more, more God releases me in that, when I find, when the names come out of the ones doing it, you're never going to hear me stop on it. Like, you just won't. You just won't. I'm going to continue because if it's leadership, that's who I'm going to continue. Because when it comes to people within the church, it's totally different. It's a different grace. Because they, the ones who are crazy accountable are the ones that are wolves sheep feeding his sheep and are fake shepherds. And that's that's um, really good. And I think Jude, 
There's a good thing in Jude about that. Is it Jude? I'm not going to go there right now. Should I? No. Is it, I'm, do I want to? Let me see, maybe. Hold on. <laughs> Let me see. About a fake shepherds and... And the shepherds feeding themselves. Yeah. Is it Jude? Let me, let me check. Yeah. Um, Jude 1.12. Yeah. I'm going to go for first. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into the churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. <laughs> oh, this is how he's closing my message. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, and they have denied our only master, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, people, Jude, this is a New Testament. Okay, this is dealing with churches, all right? So the idea that this stuff, like under the grace, me, me, me. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. This is six. God has kept securely chained in prisons. Hold on. That's not the one. Let me go. Let me go. Filled sexual. Um, do I want to use that? Hold on. Number eight. In the same way, these people cl who claim authority from their dreams, live in moral lives, defy authority and scoff at supernatural beings. <laughs> okay. Um, what was the one that you, where's the, what did you say? The shepherd one? You said 12. I had 12. Mm -hmm. No, that's not it. 12. Sorry, people, you're hearing me. This is when I'm randomly trying to get something. You're going to have to sit. That's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. I didn't read the second half of that. You're like, uh, you don't even debate me. It was right there. You stay so quiet. It's so funny. When these people eat with you and your fellowship meals commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are that are doubly dead and they bear no fruit <gasps> and have been pulled up by the roots. <laughs> All right. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm closing on. I'm closing on that one. Dealing with the fact that you, you got you got the shepherds feeding themselves. You get the shepherds getting what they want with the, the idea of that. That's that's where you're accountable at another at another level. So when I nail it as, oh no, do not go that is not the same if you find someone in sexual immorality in the church, not in a posi high position of leadership or any leadership in my opinion. Any they should not be in any leadership of leading anybody. Those people, the grace looks different. The repentance looks different when you try to lead people through his name and you are hiding things that you think you can hide from him and do things through his name as a display that he is the one doing it you are literally blaspheming the the character of god that the, that god would would work through someone who is literally feeding themselves with the devil in interaction with the devil sits at dinner with the devil and then do you think he's talking through you give me a break Give me a flippin' break that that just needs repentance and let him go back into ministry. If Carl Lentz ever gets back into ministry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come like you got no bit. You can go back into GQ, buddy. You wanna get back into modeling? You wanna try? Maybe you can do it this time. Nope, cause you're ugly. <laughs> and yeah, you wear skinny jeans. <laughs> yeah, you can. How about that? Why don't you go back on Oprah? Get your job back on Oprah. 
maybe, or go back, back into a magazine, if you go back in any way, shape, or form to lead a church, like, oh my goodness, I hope that day that Jesus has connected me to enough people to rip your congregation out from under your little butthole, okay? Like, I just, no way, do not. And people, stop this idea. Like, I saw people post under his stuff on Instagram um, because people started talking crap. And I get it, but that's stupid. They're just trolls. Who needs to, like, shut up either in either way, my opinion? They were just like, oh, this and that. And he's a false, and he is. And you know what? Actually, no, he can't be trolled. He need, he need to be publicly shamed. But I saw well-known people commenting about grace underneath it. And I'm like, people do understand that grace has been given to him. He's in a season of judgment, dude. He's in a season of judgment. Get out of your stupid theology. Like you gotta get out of it. We gotta call repentance to repentance. We have to identify what is not correctly someone displaying the word of God to that level and stop with, oh, we're gonna give grace. Immediately, you went into that? You went into flipping that when that was being hidden to that level in his ministry and what he has been doing with being publicly on TV shows, GQ magazine. When the man talks, I can't even watch him in a video because I feel the demons through him. It is so bad. And if you people get get right, get understanding and discernment to this crap and stop thinking I'm the one that's the bad one and I'm the one that's being mean. Oh my God. God, it wants you so with your eyes open. He just wants you to open your dang eyes and get out from under this and understand that God is saving these people from furthering killing their soul and being given to the devil. You understand that there's a text that Paul says, hand that person to the devil so that his soul is saved. People, get it. That God will allow something to finally get exposed because your soul will get saved from it. So we also need to see grace in judgment. That is him saving. That's him saving. Grace is in judgment. We have to have the fullness of it. We have to get and understand the fullness of this stuff. And I just, you know, I go into my into my bullying because I'm so sick of these. I'm just so sick of what these people have done to mislead by God's name. I'm just, it's just so disturbing and I don't understand it. Like I, what God's done for my life, like saving me out of, I don't know how I could ever do that to him. I mean, I just can't even like wrap my head around it. Like, he literally says saved I'm, as a legion, like bipolar. I'm like, you didn't get saved enough first. You just got put on a, on, a, on a platform or something. I'm like, when people, you get saved from death to life to that, you're so in love with him that like you just couldn't imagine doing that to him. Like that you would display and talk about him, but like use it for your all your glory. Like you needed to, yeah, like you, you need a better testimony or something that, that got you there. Not that you just had a good a speaking skill and Hillsong put you there and did that to you and got you a huge church just because what? You acted and looked and talked and did this. Man, I need to hear more crushing in, in a person's life before I will ever like give you a leadership with what I do or ever put you in that position. I need to see that you don't get taken in by the devil. I need to see you don't get triggered tremendously around me because that exposes a demon on. Like I am like, watch that thing. And leaders, head leaders, you're not watching your leadership. You're not paying attention to your leadership. You're not watching what they're doing. You're not knowing enough about them. You're not re being having discernment to see through it. That's why when I come in, we're gonna line them up and I'm gonna duck, duck, do some. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm done. I'm not gonna do this anymore. Okay, I, I don't have any other words. I'm over this. Okay, Jesus, God, 
Father, that your word goes out like a sword in the name of Jesus, that there would be a shaking effect, God, of what you're moving in right now spiritually, Father. The sifting and the change that's that's happening. And the really coming together of governmental, governmental perfection in the regular government and in the government within the church, God, that there's a perfecting taking place, that sin has to go, has to get exposed. We thank you for your loving kindness in it. Thank you that people take this in truth and that it absolutely captures their heart and mind to want to understand and know you, know your word personally for themselves and not be prophesied into their soul and fed their soul, that this would get them on their knees before you, Lord. Okay, Jesus' name. And we know this is this is going to be, I guess, all these messages are building this curriculum. And this is so many. I don't even know what to say. When I've had a couple people just text me the last couple days and say, oh, you did, a, you did a podcast, send it to me. I'm like, I did 20 podcasts. I don't know what to send you. <laughs> I literally did not know what to send them. I had two people, I was like, uh, it was not one. It's like 20 and I don't even remember a lot of them. There are dates and weirdness and I'm screaming and yelling and crying and like, yeah, I don't know what to do with this. So and anyways, this is following what whatever is happening in the spirit. I will see if this is actually done. It, never ending, never ending. Okay. All right. Goodbye.